You're listening to a Big Finish production. Can't beat it. This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date 25th of March 2028. Just getting ahead of myself there. Cunic and Benji in the future! I'm Benji, he's Nick, and you are most welcome to our world of audiobooks, audio drama, and general nonsense. Was that an owl from the future? It was sort of, sort of, I don't quite know what it was, but I like to think it's sort of, that's what the future sounds like. Welcome indeed. Coming up, our popular mix of Big Finish news, Big Finish noise, (laughs) listeners' (laughs) emails, the Randomoid Selectron, and a roundup of our latest releases. This week, we have a guest star interview of Natasha Gerson, daughter of the late, great Jack Gerson, who created the Omega Factor. Yeah. Natasha also played the mysterious Morag in the uh, in the originally TV series, as I've written, but I think I meant original. <laughs> <laughs> a role she reprises in our audio drama series, The Omega Factor. And for the third volume of The Omega Factor stories, out now and previewed on the podcast last week, hope you heard that, she wrote one of the scripts. And Natasha will be discussing all that with our intrepid interviewer, Karen Parks. And that will be later on in the podcast. And then, just when you'll think the podcast is over, we'll be giving you our customary 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's the first 15 minutes of the 10th Doctor Chronicles, narrated by the multi-talented Jacob Dudman, who does a cracking 10th Doctor voice. Oh, looking forward to that one. Cannot wait, cannot wait. It's brilliant, but brilliant. now, it's time for us to smarten up our act, Nick. It's time... For the ruddy news, <laughs> such a good little bit of improv there. I like it. <laughs> Time for the ruddy news. Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange, is Arr. out this week, and it's starring our Nick Briggs over here as the yeah. fantabulous Sherlock <laughs> Holmes, with oh, Richard yeah. Earle as the as ever wonderful Dr. Watson. I'll tell you a funny thing about the news item that's on the Big Finish website, uh, either tomorrow or whatever day you're listening to this, that uh, uh, Paddy Freeland, who writes our news items, had called me, uh, called the part the infamous Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> uh, I think he was misunderstanding what infamous means. <laughs> it does, of course, mean abominable and ill-reputed. But anyway, I managed to correct that. But I just thought it was very funny that someone could go through life thinking infamous meant just the same as famous <laughs> oh you're yeah. really it's lovely to meet you you're really infamous aren't you i beg your pardon <laughs> you're you're just yeah like my my, da- <laughs> my dad's infamous in this area really, <laughs> really? <laughs> some kind of serial killer <laughs> yes well i prefer the word amphibious person <laughs> The amphibious Sherlock Holmes. The amphibious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he wears flippers. But anyway, so let's let's have a little clip of uh, the master of Blackstone Grange. And so, with this blushing young flower seller, you fell hopelessly in love. I did, sir. Remarkable, isn't it? The workings of fate. How one's life might be altered in a trice. Had you gone home, Horace, by another route that night, or had she not stayed so long in the rain? Why, you would never have met, and everything now would be quite different. How very poetic, Watson. I've often thought such thoughts myself, sir. For it's true that as soon as Grace and me met, our lives were changed completely. Our courtship was brief, my proposal was accepted straight away, and not more than two months had gone by before we was man and wife. And you were happy? Oh, yes. There's no finer state for a man to be in than that of an honourable marriage. I do believe you're right, sir. And we was happy, the two of us. We was. But there were shadows. There were storm clouds. She didn't like me, sir, to ask any questions. None at all. Questions about what? 
Captain Jack is finally dying and it's time for his oldest friend to visit his deathbed. King John has come to tell him a story. The story of the life he should have had. Torchwood, the death of Captain Jack is out this week. Oh, it's going to be great. Here is the flipping trailer. The prisoner is dying. He's been saying that for years. But we believe he has only a few hours remaining. Good. That should give me plenty of time. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood, the death of Captain Jack. Identify yourself! Captain John Hart. And I believe the words you're looking for are, thank you, Captain John, for saving us from the nasty alien, but you're welcome. John. You look surprised, Jack. It must have been... A hundred and thirty years. My words. Just a garden variety time sprite, Your Majesty. Doesn't belong on Earth, and definitely doesn't belong in the year 1785. They tell me you're dying. <laughs> Looks that way. I had to see it with my own eyes. No! John, don't! And I wanted to tell you a story. About what? The life you didn't have, Jack. The life I stole from you. I came here to tell you about Torchwood. Big finish. We love stories and puppies, but mostly stories. Darling? Yes, your majesty. Oh, I love it when you call me that. Open fire. With pleasure. Next week, we'll be revealing the cover for our Big Finish original horror production, Blind Terror, The Gods of Frost. Here's a little reminder of the tease. A little rest, Mum, that's what you need. Rest. Rest is the last thing I need. While I rest, they move. They get closer. I can feel them already. Oh, can't you feel them? Surely you can. I'm afraid not. Oh, you're blind! Why can't people just open their eyes? No, not eyes. It's deeper than that. Why can't people just know? Please don't upset yourself. Oh, so calm. So reasonable. What's the point of you? You're frozen already. A block of ice and cheap crinoline fussing after people because she has nothing better to do! Is there anything else at her? Is there anything else you need, Mum? Were you always like this? Was there ever any heat beneath that pale, dull skin? Maybe that's why he went away to sea. What are you talking about? Your husband, obviously. The dead one? Running away to the ocean to find something better? You've been talking to Master Hodder, I presume. Isaac? Oh, what's he got to do with anything? I know about your husband because I can smell him on you. The ghosts you carry everywhere. How did he die? Did he drown? (gasps) No. The ice. I can see it. He ran away from the ice queen and froze anyway. Oh, Oh, we never really escape our fate, do we? (laughs) If that's everything, Mom. Blind Terror is, of course, one of the seven Big Finish originals coming out between now and next August. Already available is At A Girl, uh, Up In The Air, a preview of it. The story of the women's auxiliary pilots of World War II. Here's a taster of that. That was wonderful. You will be a Spitfire pilot in the twinkling of an eye. That's such an English expression. May a Belgian be permitted to use it? (laughs) Yes, you may. It sounds lovely in your accent. Thank you, officer. Do you miss home much? Every day. But I have a few friends in London. Refugees, too. Gosh, how awful. I'm sorry, I... I mean, it's, it's bad enough losing the people you love, but losing your homeland, too. At least I have the opportunity to do something about it. Or I did. Now I have to help you do something about it. What do you mean? The work you are doing. Without you, the pilots who are helping the advance across France would not get their planes. And without me, you would not know how to fly them. I don't suppose you're free. Um, 
But, but if you'd like to come over on Sunday, I'm cooking lunch for Amelia and I in our billet, and it would be lovely to have you. Thank you. Yes, I will be there. In the twinkling of an eye. So, so exciting. And mm. there's so many more exciting things to come. In mm. May, uh, we have the historical crime drama Cicero. And the trailer for that is actually already out there. But you know what? Here's a reminder. Open your eyes. Look into the flames. No, I can't. Open them. Coming soon. A Big Finish original drama. You seem a bright young man, Cicero. Rome needs bright young men. It's never too early to prepare for one's destiny. Fortune cares nothing about honor. Will and the conviction to make your mark upon the world. Those are the things that fortune respects. Happiness is the difference between living and living well. I love you, Marcus. I am in love with you. Don't you ever feel as if you're fighting a losing battle with these people? Frequently. Then the question isn't whether or not I am as Rome, but what's keeping you there? And then in July, Nigel Planer's fantasy epic, Jeremiah Born in Time. Here's the trailer. Coming soon, a Big Finish original drama, Jeremiah Born in Time. There's nothing intrepid about time traveling. This is Jeremiah. He appeared today out of thin air. Did he, by gosh? I seem to have flipped backwards in time, but I haven't the faintest idea how I did it. Time traveler, eh? And there'll be more on the Big Finish originals every week. That's right, and that's only here at the Big Finish podcast. Well, I don't know whether it's only here, but it certainly will be here. No, but you have to, you have to, you have to say that for like radio podcasts. Yeah. Only here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though it's not, even though it's on but every that newspaper. That like you were going to be ill. It's only here. You have to come back, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll choke on myself. Yeah, but but no, Ch- that sounds what? like you're trying to eat yourself. Now. I am. Ch- I choke on myself. I am. Well, you know, that's all quite. Yes, all quite. By the way, talking of illness, I suppose I should say thank you to all the people who've been very nice to me because I was ill. I went to hospital last Sunday, but miraculously, I'm still upright. Um, I won't bore you with the details. Uh, was horrible, as you know, Benji. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to the NHS because they were so marvellous. But of course, it did rather look like I was looking for sympathy. You can't get away with it, really, can you? Well, it's just rather lovely to have you on the podcast this week because I remember when I first found out and I was quite shocked when you you know when I I said oh when when we podding and you said oh you know I've been to hospital and everything so it's it's we weren't sure if we'd be recording but it's really nice that we are so Nick as always it's a pleasure to be podding with you sir Yes, it's just I don't, as again. I don't want to go into details. It, it's intensely painful as opposed to life threatening. So if that reassures anyone who cares, oh, that's no one then. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I care. Uh, right now, though, uh, to round off the news, Benji went on a trip to the studio this week, where I was hoping to meet up with him, but that never happened. Um, before we have a tease of your little report, tell me about your studio thing without any spoilers. About what the day in general? Yeah, the day. Love had a lovely day. It's always have a, such a lovely day at the studio. Um, uh, you know the the thing about I suspect what everybody says is you'll know yourself. There's such a lovely vibe in the studio with so yeah. many fantastically interesting people, and it was just a lovely day and lovely chance to meet new people and 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 meet people I already know and chat about all things drama and big finish. And I caught up with uh, I caught up with David Richardson. Uh, and uh, Ken Bentley to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of uh, Big Finish at the moment. But uh, yeah, here's a little little bit of little snippet. And it's Chris Chris Naylor as well, isn't it? I also actually um, yeah I spoke with Chris Naylor as well, uh, one of our uh, actors there to talk about what he's been doing because he's been a few different Big Finishes, and so I got I got to shoot the breeze with him about a few different bits and bobs. Um, the saddest thing, though, is that I, I was meant to, to I recorded a podcast interview with um, uh, Raki Thakra, but unfortunately, 
um, it was really annoying because I clicked the record button and then and then it, yeah, it's a classic thing it only had one microphone so I went to click it onto the two and for some reason despite the red lights being on to say it was recorded um, it wasn't so all you got was me going right let me just uh, swap the and that was it so yeah oh. but needed to say it was a thoroughly lovely interview with a lovely person and uh, you're all missing out on some really great banter so sorry about that <laughs> I want you to reproduce it all now no perhaps not anyway here's a tease of your report hello I'm David Richardson I produce stuff he produces stuff you, you've heard it here first guys so David what is happening at Big Finish at the moment. What are you working on? There's lots of exciting what, things. What isn't happening? Well, as you know, as you do know, because you're here today, we're, we're in the studio right now recording The Eighth Doctor, The Time War 2. And today we're on the third episode, um, which is a fabulous script. I'm really excited by this one. It's all contained and plays with your mind. And <sighs> Sounding great fun. It's good, isn't it? I've heard. It's good it stuff. Brilliant. Good stuff. Um, and last week I had a week with Alex Kingston doing more River Song, um, which was lovely because we love Alex. Just one of the nicest people on the planet. Um, and next week I'm doing some stuff I can't talk oh, about. A mystery. I like yes. a mystery. I like a mystery. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley and I've directed a few things for Big Finish. Not just a few, I'd say a fair few. One or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So can you talk us through uh, the daily life of a director in, in Big Finish's world? Yeah, in, it's basically um, read the script, prep the script, cast the production, do the recording, listen to edits in post-production, deliver the final edit, repeat, rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, day in, day But out. you're always doing one of the... the, 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 jug, the you're juggling because from the point of view that you are always doing all three at the same time but on different productions so i'm 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 pretty much prepping and casting a, a recording at the same time as doing another recording whilst also having edits to listen to on a third recording i'm christopher naylor and i play many parts for big finish oh jolly good jolly <laughs> good so talk us through the uh, a day in the life of Big Finish at the studio from an actor's perspective. Yeah, well, it's always fun. You never really know what you're going to get. Um, uh, the great thing about Big Finish is uh, there's a, a wide variety of, of stories and worlds and also actors that they bring in. And so um, it's, it's a wonderful way uh, for, from an actor's point of view of meeting other actors. It's a very sociable day. Um, you know, you, you, you're constantly hopping from the, the green room with a cup of tea and a donut to the, into the studio behind the mic. And uh, I, I tend to play lots of different parts. I mean, I can I can have named parts that run all the way through it, or I can be playing a, a, a robot or a computer, some sort of extraordinary alien. Uh, and so it's uh, it's kind of, it's a bit like being in the playground, really. You get to leap about, die, explode, scream. <laughs> wonderful isn't it? yeah it's just fun so out of these uh, many different voices have you got a favorite voice that you've done or, or something that you'd <laughs> like to do that you haven't done yet well i it's i recently i've been playing uh interesting animal monsters <laughs> so very going very guttural and <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you have to summon up some interesting ones i there was one i, I did for a, a, a doctor who a while ago, uh, I was the voice of some sort of information screen. <laughs> uh, and it was one of those uh, those characters that I was literally called in from the green room to do and wasn't expecting. It wasn't yeah. on, the, on the cast list. So I was suddenly playing this computer and uh, uh, and the voice that came out was a was very much an old school radio DJ. Like this oh, sort of, very good. <laughs> like a Tony Blackburn kind of, <laughs> just came out of nowhere. And I, it was just <laughs> spontaneous cheese <laughs> and there we have it uh, that is the end of the news some great stuff in there this week uh, a little bit of chaos and great fun so all in all rather wonderful but that is the end of the news so without further ado I'm going to actually take it up in the air in a, a wonderful uh, Douglas Dakota uh, oh. aircraft you know we, we're going to go over the coast and I'm going to attach a little uh, parachute onto the news's back and let it jump out and there it goes. <laughs> oh! And there we have it. That's the. 
Oh, my foot. <laughs> Coming up soon, our guest star chat with Natasha Gerson of the Omega Factor. Only here on this podcast. Um, but before that, because Benji told me I had to say only here, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's listeners' emails. Absolutely love an email. Love them, love them, love them. Literally love them, actually. Like, I, I just think they're brilliant. Remember not that figuratively. You have, well, yeah, yeah, not figuratively. But uh, remember that you can have your email loved simply by emailing us at podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh. That's podcast, the word, yeah. Yeah. at the squiggly A, bigfinish, oh. two words together, mm. dot com. Get that down. Get that down. So here we go. First up from Lee Wood. Ahoy! Hoy! <laughs> Nick and Benji. Ahoy, hoy! Ahoy, hoy! Sounds like a lot. Soya sauce. Ahoy, hoy, hoy! I've just finished Ooh, listening to the recent Fifth Doctor story, Ghost Walk. Oh. Uh, it's up there with my favourite releases. I particularly oh. thought that the four regulars were on form. James Goss has done a great job to give each of the four equal billing and to deftly draw out the humour of Adric which is not often done as great. Uh, question if I might. Uh, I've just seen a release in Audible of the 10th Doctor and Donna releases in German, uh, which oh. have the new style logo on them. Is this something likely to be adopted into all future releases at some point? Cheers, Lee. Sent yes. from my Daypole TARDIS console, yes. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> Yes, I believe that all uh, Doctor Who releases will end up having the same logo. Uh, when that will happen and the precise arrangement of the logo is something that um, is all incredibly secret and important at the moment. I'll just phone the BBC about it. Hello? 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 Oh, I haven't got a phone. <laughs> anyway next up this from lily queen dear benji and nick as i was writing in to answer the competition i suddenly realized that i'd already purchased the third doctor volume four you fool you old <laughs> fool is what lily says here even though i am only 27 you fool you young fool <laughs> well done for listening to an old codger like me at the age of 27 uh, benji uh, is of course one year your junior though however i thought i'd send you my anecdotes anyway which you can read out if you like at a later date i'm going to read them now i'm going in lily i'm <laughs> going in the answer was of course the brilliant and intense oh i can't give you the answer i see la 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 <laughs> oh no i missed that uh, i'm terribly excited i didn't realize you were going to go straight into the answer i'm terribly excited to listen to the third doctor face off against the cyberman cybermen at last there's more than one and the meddling monk as well yeah uh what more could you possibly do? Mm, the return of Roger Del the Roger Delgado master. Hint, hint. Yeah, well, you know, we're thinking about it. What to do, though? What to do? Ah, oh, Miss Grant. Anyway, I've just recently had a marathon of Time War-related box sets. And what a couple of days that was. Brilliant, amazing, terrifying and surprising. Mm. So many things I'm looking forward to listening to. Atta Girl, The Martian Invasion of Earth, you, God, you know the way to my heart. The First Doctor Adventures, whoop, whoop. Uh, well, that's what the First Doctor did all the time, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, Chitterton, whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> whoop Torchwood. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a character from uh, uh, Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines. <laughs> you know, the inventor. That's a whoop. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? He says it's a huge hammer on a biplane. <laughs> oh, there's just so much amazing content. I don't know where to stop. Don't stop, Lily. My poor wallet. Don't stop, Lily. Fuck up. Also, <laughs> also, I've bought it. However, I cannot bring myself to listen to the final War Doctor box set. I've loved the War Doctor series. But once I listen to this one, that's it. No, it isn't. You can listen to it again. There will be no more John Hurt. And I just can't accept that. I I fully sympathise with that, Lily. I, I miss him. You know, I, I can't claim to have been a close friend because I just worked with him for a few intense days. But my goodness, what a legend. What a remarkable man. And how privileged do I feel to have been uh, in the company of that great man and also just a simple, ordinary man all at the same time. Uh, what a privilege. Huge privilege. Mm. 
Sorry, I was tugging my beard then. I couldn't speak properly. It's tugging my beard with emotion. I think John would have found that funny. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> told me that I was a complete... Anyway, um, a supreme thank you to both of you for always being such entertaining and wonderful fellows. You're very oh, kind. Thank you. And to the whole of Big Finish for always producing such incredible work. You know, we do our best. We love it, Lily. Kind regards and best wishes, Lily Queen. It's a fantastic name as well. Great Lily name, Queen. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I can't work out which bit of it I like best, Lily or Queen. I think we should call her Queen Lily. From Queen now Lily, on. yeah, I like Queen Or is that Lily. a form of, uh, I don't know, email bullying? I don't know, maybe it's just Lily Queen. Just leave Lily it. Queen's nice. Queen of the Lilies. Lily Queen. Soliloquy. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've seemed to have given myself the final email to read this from Jason Barton. You read it out, Benji. Okay. Uh, hi, Nick and Benji. I'd love to see Tom Baker appear with Bernie Summerfield. Any plans? If this email isn't read out, I'll get my mate Cat Weasel to send you both back in time. Just suppose... Yeah, I'd love your mate Cat Weasel to do that. Preferably back to about 19, uh, say 1969, just so that we can really kind of get the the full. Nick can live it through it twice. Uh, I'll live through it once. We just enjoy the 70s. Why not, eh? Um, that's from Jason Barton, Fourth Doctor era human sent from my Windows phone. Oh, what, what was he doing? It's sending it from your Windows phone. I don't know. He stole it. I don't even have one. Well, I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't use a phone. Nay, nay. I have two things to say. Do you want to hear either of them? Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, we're all human. Well, I, want, I wanted to leave it as an option. There are no plans for Tom Baker to appear with Bernie Summerfield. I don't, I don't think even Tom Baker could stand up to the might of Bernie Summerfield. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that... As someone who lived through the 1970s and can remember quite a lot of it, even though from a child's point of view, it's good to romanticise the past. There's so many things in it you wouldn't have liked. Oh, I expect so. I expect yeah. so. Central heating not being very common is one thing. Uh, so waking up in the, and double glazing for ice on the windows in the morning that's why i remember a lot of that freezing yeah. cold houses um terrible food all oh, the food <laughs> oh i don't know i'd, I'd like all the t i'd oh. like quite a lot well i suppose i suppose i'd like the 70s experience but probably wouldn't like it for a yeah. decade of terrible food particularly yeah you'd have to whiz through in the tardis and that smoke everywhere everyone's smoking oh, i'd see i wouldn't mind that because it's very Quite, quite fun it's like being in a pub I, I miss smoky pubs but that's just me and I know everybody else does it's fatal it's just, just fatal uh, terrible this habit this podcast contains a health warning um, anyway fatal. yeah no what are other awful things oh terrible lots of brown uh, hardly <laughs> any choice on television yes no television in the day a lot of synthetic fibres and um, three day week flares power cuts nothing wrong with flares racism sexism you they're bad you know, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want those thought i'd catch you out there benji you, know, you can't put them next to flares <laughs> well you know i used to pride myself that i could stand with my big wide flares on and that my legs i would stand with them going right over my shoes and that at no point did the trousers touch my legs <laughs> Because they were just so wide. So massive. To, yeah, that was like, I thought that was the bee's knees. Oh, it's so good work. It's the bee's flares. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, does it? No. no. <laughs> I had to get about six of them. Do the bees have six legs? I think they do. How many? Well, they don't have two legs. They have six, yeah. The bee have not They're eight. insects. They have six legs. Not eight, though. They could have eight legs. No, so no. That's, that's a spider. A, that's a spider. Yeah could have five if it lost one mid-flight or something well there um, is that yeah, yeah. But anyway that's uh, been into a sorry i was going to say if it had been to a <laughs> into a cloud of atomic mutation <laughs> i am the bees we did a fantastic episode of nebulous all about bees where steve coogan played uh Aha! <laughs> the bees! He played this professor who loved his bees. 
<laughs> and he was of course turning into one or a swarm of them or something so he, it was really funny working out with Steve how many times he should put a bit he goes should I put another um <laughs> he made me laugh a lot anyway sorry we need we need some Steve Coogan and Big Finish please that'd be so good the dream the dream it's never gonna happen ne- never gonna happen ne- never gonna w- <laughs> never gonna use it never gonna use it sorry a bit of Alan Partridge there uh, but yeah so that's all we have time for uh, from the email train this week uh, but fear not mortals for we have competitions yes just a reminder of the current competition which is running until the 30th of March John Pertwee recorded I nearly gave you the answer to this earlier from Lily Queen uh, John Pertwee recorded a voice for a radio broadcast which featured in one of his TV Doctor Who episodes uh, this voice was cut from the UK broadcast masters but was left in some of the video masters sent overseas for broadcast uh, name the third Doctor story in which this happened answers in an email to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject line doodle doodle man at the closing date is the 30th of march in the space year 2018 we've had mostly right answers to this there's been uh, at least one spectacularly wrong answer which was you know made me laugh (laughs) (laughs) the twin dilemma (laughs) (laughs) rock and roll well there you have it guys so keep those entries coming in uh but now the email segment is over you know what can i say I'm just going to give the emails to Cat Weasel and say, what what are thy scrolls? I can't do my Cat Weasel very well this week. But, um, What's the matter with you? I, but I, don't, I don't know. You've weaseled out. I think it's been talk, Aye, talking boy. for hours. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them to Cat Weasel. He can take them where he wants. Back to Norman times, maybe. Thy <laughs> magic scrolls. Thy words, they move on screens. Wouldn't be a screen. Thy glass, thy magic glass. Um... But yeah, I'm going to give him the cat wheeze. We can do, sort out what he does with them. But as long as he brings them back next week, because we do need more emails. So there you have it. Emails. Time now for our guest star interview with writer and actor Natasha Gerson. Morag in the Omega Factor. Tasha Gerson, Morag from Omega Factor. How have you been? I've been great. I've been really enjoying the last couple of days. Um, so how has your summer been? Well, coming from Glasgow, it's been an absolute washout. We had about three days of summer in May, and it's a shame because Scotland's such a beautiful place, but the weather has not been good this year. So did you go somewhere else to find nice weather? Well, no, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping to do that later in the year. Okay. We've just we've all given up up there because the last the last three summers have just not existed. God, um, so yeah. So will you be travelling in the fall then? Well, I'm hoping to go to Paris to see um, a couple of very good friends of mine because I love Paris. So I'm really looking forward to that. Even if it rains in Paris, the rain's warmer if you go there at a certain time of year. Everyone's going to Paris because <laughs> Alan's going yeah, to Paris. I was I was envious. I'm I'm going to Brighton for for four days to see some friends now but it looks as though i brought the weather down with me from scotland so So our executive producer nicholas briggs wants to know do you remember when you first met him have you indeed ever met him i met him i think in the studio in london when i came in i think i met him there and they were doing doctor who and I, ca- I came in, had a wonderful meal shoved in my hand, got a suitcase with me because I was some- at some kind of union meeting. And I think I met him then. Okay. Do you recognise him if you saw him? I think so because I've seen a picture of him <laughs> on the Finnish website. But I was a bit nervous that day because oh. I didn't know what to expect. But I just enjoyed it so much because I laughed so much. Because that's, I think John Dorney was there oh, okay. that day too. Oh, that's great. Um, so... We're wondering what in current media is has caught your fancy. Do you have any recommendations in terms of books or theater? Books or, or theater. I've always gone for the supernatural. Um, I've 
apart from things like Stephen King, obviously the interest in the Omega Factor brought up on a lot of old classics. I mean, my dad didn't read um, children's stories to me. He read Sherlock Holmes, Hound of the Baskervilles and stuff like that. And I used to be caught reading Colin Wilson's Encyclopedia of Murder. So that must, I used to frighten myself to death with that. Just now, I've gone back to Stephen King. Um, I went off him for a few years when they did, uh, he wrote Pet Cemetery, which was very clever. But any book where anything happens to animals, I'm going to sound awful here. I can sort of cope with people coming to a sticky end, but if it's anything don't, furry. Don't mess with our cats. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, and I like cinema, uh, mostly old, old vintage cinema, stuff like that. I've got. So, are you looking forward to the new movie version of uh, it? Oh yes, I am. I sometimes think I like the old one, the, the television version. I thought it was very good. It kind of petered out at the end. But I was reading an article by Tim Curry, and I met Tim Curry at the Citizens Theatre in Glasgow when I was about sixteen. Um, so I've always been quite excited about anything he was in. But yeah, I mean, I'll certainly, I'll give it a chance. Sometimes I don't know why they remake things. Mm. If they follow things on, then like we have with the Omega Factor, it's not, it seems more interesting, but I'll give it a chance. So is there anything from like current television uh, that you particularly are enjoying right now? Um, no, I can't remember the name of it. It's just finished. It was the novel with the um, Margaret Atwood, Margaret Atwood novel. Um, so I should have thought of this before we started. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. I really liked it. I thought it was a bit of stretch, um, making ten episodes out of the book, but I really enjoyed that. And she's a marvelous actress, and the rest of the cast were great as well. Uh, is there anything uh, that's been on recently that you think your dad would have really liked? Well, he would have liked The hand, Handmaid's Tale. Um, I'm trying to think of any... Would he have been a Game of Thrones fan? No, no. no he wouldn't. Oddly enough, he didn't, he didn't like fantasy all that much. The last... Th the sort of thing he liked was old stuff like Jason and the Argonauts and old 60s stuff and Ray Harryhausen. And apart from that, Boy's Own stuff like um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He had a friend who's an actor called Robert Urquhart, who's no, no longer with us. And they used to go in their 60s, like two schoolboys. Sometimes I would go with them and they'd sit and stuff their faces with popcorn and watch all this stuff and just behave as though they were about 10. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing and thrillers that he liked. He wasn't really into fantasy, except for Doctor Who, which he loved. Okay. Would he? Do you think he'd be enjoying the new Doctor Who? I I think he would. I think he'd be extremely interested that they they've cast a woman now. He was quite opinionated about certain doctors and who he liked and who he didn't. And I'm not going into those. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, we watched. I mean, God, I'm showing my age now. I remember the first one when I was little. And I remember hiding behind the sofa when the Cyberman came on. So we've always followed that. Um, so have you got any guilty pleasures, things that you're watching or reading that you think, maybe this isn't the best use of my time, but you can't drag yourself away? Well, I'm, I'm quite fond of any kind of anything that involves Russia. So uh, a bit of Russia. I'm not above a bit of uh, romance, okay. a bit of light reading, because that's the other thing. My dad said, you read, read everything. It's not necessarily going to be good, but you'll learn something from it. So just kind of escapist stuff as well. But I do love serial killer thrillers, within reason. Okay. Um, have you been watching True Detective? Have you seen any of I've that? seen some of that, okay. yes. And, and I am quite interested in that because a, a long time ago I, I wrote a play about um, three murderesses from different times sharing a flat. We just did it again last year. So fascinated by murder. It doesn't mean I would do it, but it, it certainly interests me. Um, so in the season two of Omega Factor mm. just came out a few months ago and you got your recording season three right now and you wrote an episode and it's the first one you've written so how it, was that? It so was I thought I just think I've been so lucky because my father is no longer with us but he would have loved the fact that they were doing Omega again 
And Morag, as you know, in the original series, didn't utter a mutter. So they couldn't really do that in audio. So I've been lucky enough to take part in it. And it was lovely seeing Louise again and just met a lot of really nice people. I decided to chance my arm and sent some stuff. I thought, what have I got to lose? And I was absolutely thrilled when they asked me to write one. And with the, the great patience of Matt Fitton, because I think at one point I wrote the, the longest episode outline ever. And he said, you know, that's about as long as about half an episode, but it helped me. But he was very patient. And thanks to him and David for letting, letting me do it. And please, I want to do more. Um, and uh, one thing I've noticed uh, in the green room uh, throughout pretty much every session I've been in on is everyone's always talking about their latest technology acquisition or what they're about to buy or they're the complete opposite and they go off on how all these things are ruin ruining social interaction in your life. So where do you fall? I fall in that I, I, I have an iPhone. I have a laptop. I have to. If you write, you have to do it. But... Hey, I'm not interested in the latest model. I'd rather spend my money on going to Paris than than um, the latest iPhone, actually. I've got a lot of friends who are, who are into that sort of stuff and they tapped at my old laptop, which I think is about eight years old, but uh, so, oh, it works. So Ken talking for 20 minutes about how much he's looking forward to the iPhone 8, still not enough to... No, 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 it's, I'm not that tempted. <laughs> Another lovely human being there. Oh, she's really great. And we're so grateful to her for her support and encouragement in the making of our Omega Factor series. Uh, just in case uh, you needed it, here's a quick tease for the current release of the Omega Factor Series 3. There's something coming, Adam. Him, but not him. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The Omega Factor, Series 3. There are CCTV cameras being placed all over my office, my lab, in the corridors. She was discovered asleep. Yes, you said. Floating half a metre above the ground. She's been suffering from blackouts. Wakes up, no idea where she's been, covered in dirt. You are about 12 weeks into the pregnancy. No, not possible. But horror needs support. She's getting... She needs to be seen for who she is. Her story needs to be listened to. Why are you here, Edward? What do you want? Pointless. Worthless. Without worth. Listen to me, Adam. I'm begging you. Don't leave me to suffer in darkness. I'm assuming Department 7 hasn't led Omega to what it's really after you. I wish for Jake. Dead ten years. I wish my mum was back too. There! Claire, you mustn't! You can stuff your experiments! Just send them away! Make them go! What's been trapped on stage? This is a power. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is a complex being torn apart. You will submit. You will serve. Immortality. Big finish. We love stories. Time to play. And now, it's time for us to activate Ran, the Randomoid Selectatron, to see if we can locate something random from the Big Finish archive. And we'll have a chat about it, do our usual thing. So, without further ado, cue that epic music. For the first time, I don't normally have my link up. All right, so let's find out. Let's see if Ran is doing that spooky thing she does or whether it's going to be not spooky. The Last, number 62, oh, The Last. It's a Paul McGann adventure, isn't it? A Paul McGann adventure, yeah. Trapped on a dying world, the Doctor and Charlie come face to face with those responsible for the war to end all wars, whilst Chris tries to understand what has happened and learns the terrible truth. Mm. Here's the trailer. Doctor Who, The Last. Botrisoi, the moment approaches when we can begin life anew. 
when we can once again enjoy the liberties that have been denied to us by the dark shadow of conflict. But those liberties are too often taken for granted when the world is at peace. We must cherish them, savor them, remember that our heroes have died to preserve them. That while the rest of us have the safety of our homes and the warmth of our families, there are some who will not be returned from the field of battle. If not in body, then at least in spirit, they will be with us on the day of the victory. The day for which my government and I have planned the threshold of a new future for us all, of fresh hope and strength. by Gary Hopkins, directed by Gary Russell. Uh, this is all part of the Divergent Universe main range Eighth Doctor adventures. Uh, with, uh, and you said Chris, but it's Keris it's pronounced, even though it's, spe it, it's spelt Chris, but it's pronounced Keris because Gary Russell decided. So we kept saying, well, how is it pronounced? He said, like berries. And we said, all right, so Keris. He said, no, Keris. But that's not like berries. And he said, no, but it is like berries, Kerry's. But Kerry's isn't like berries. And he said, well, well, it is, though. But when we say Kerry's, which is like berries, you say it's not pronounced like that. And then he'd just say, oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, so with the lovely comrade Westmass playing that part. And it was all really about his sequence of adventures with um, India as uh, Charlie Pollard. Um, thoroughly recommended it's not really uh, an area of releases that i'm very familiar with it was just sort of in the lead up to me taking over and i was concentrating uh, on other things at the time so yes there you have it go back and try it these these stories are loved by many and rightly so And so, as the podcast melts into an enticing pool of shiny silver liquid, which turns out to be pure evil, wow! like that, just time for Nick to get himself into gear with what's out there and available from BigFinish.com. Tales from New Earth, epic Russell T. Davies, fantasy fun, gotta love it, cats as nuns, I mean, ha ha, is he crazy? All that. The Third Doctor, Volume 4, Cyberman and the Monk battling the Doctor and Joe. Woohoo! Great reviews. Serpent in the Silver Mask, Fifth Doctor action in an outrageous caper, people are loving it. It's very annoying that my announcement on the trailer's wrong. I can't apologise enough. The Omega Factor Series 3. We previewed it last week. You heard from one of the writers this week. Don't miss it. The Omega Factor Spider's Web. It's an audiobook and an e-book. It's a cheese. It's a cake. It's a shoe. It's a cake. Louise Jameson reading. Ian McLaughlin writing. Great stuff. And don't forget the Quentin Collins collection. Dark Shadows. Spooktacularness. Starring David Selby. Yes, him! And that's it. Magic. Cheers for that one, Nick. Got a good old bunch there. That's, that'll keep you going. Uh, so thanks for that. So coming up in a moment, the 10th Doctor will be here. Well, well he will. And he'll be expertly narrated by Jacob Dudman in The 10th Doctor Chronicles. Oh. But first, Nick, should we do a trailer? Because it sort of feels like that's, that's the thing that we do now. For this week's podcast, yeah. No, for, for one about five weeks ago, I think. <laughs> this week, we do Five weeks ago, here on the... It's like a recap, isn't it? Yes. 
five weeks ago on the Big Finish podcast, <laughs> something happened, but we don't know what that is. So let's talk about this week on the Big Finish podcast. This is another great, very professional trailer. Our guest star is Natasha Gerson from the Omega Factor. We rock into the news where we talk the master of Blackstone Grange, the death of Captain Jack, and even more, maybe a bit of Blind Terror too. Ooh, we haven't even had Blind Terror 1. <laughs> hey. There's a studio report from Benji, and there's a 15-minute drama tease. What's that in? That, my dear friends, is the 10th Doctor Chronicles. And along the way, well, who knows what will happen? Well, we do, because we've just done it. We've but done it, we're yeah. not going to tell you, because... That's the point of a trailer, isn't it? To sort of tease, excite, sort of, you know, to excite, you know, wet so, the appetite, you yeah, know, I mean, sort of, yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, trailer yeah. sound, really, you know. That has been a strikingly uh, average trailer for an otherwise fantastic podcast. I think that's a fair assessment. So now, Jacob Dudman on fine form in the first 15 minutes of the Tenth Doctor Chronicles, The Taste of Death by Helen Goldwyn. Whoa! Watch out, little fella. Once you pass the ear canal, you never know what you'll find in there. Three small suns beat down from a lilac sky onto the tropical path where the Doctor and Rose peered at an alien insect which had landed on the Doctor's palm flexing its wings. Look at that. Part mayfly, part ladybird. Those colours. Rose leaned in for a closer look. Oh yeah, brings out your eyes, she teased. What is it? Some kind of hybrid? A simulant. Off you go, my friend. So... What? It's not alive. Alive, but specially cultivated. All the flora and fauna here were made in a laboratory, so they're unique to the environment. According to the brochure, every aesthetic on MXQ1 is designed to please. Another simulant butterfly whirred down and landed on Rose's nose. Ugh, get off! Watch it! Those things cost a fortune to build. If you're not careful, I might bung it on your final tab. Rose hurried to catch up. What final tab? It's a resort planet. These places are for once-in-a-lifetime holidays. You'd have to be the galactic equivalent of an oligarch to come here legit styly. Right. And we're here because something dodgy's going on. Plunging his hands into his pockets, the Doctor squinted up at the suns for a moment, then swung round and flashed Rose a dazzling grin. Not this time. Meaning? Rose asked, eyebrow raised. Meaning, welcome to your... What do you call it on Earth? Mini-break. Welcome to your mini-break. What? An actual holiday? Yep. Not only is MXQ1 one of the most luxurious alien-made environments, it also houses, wait for it, the best restaurant in the galaxy. Now, was you saying I never take you anywhere posh? The doctor stopped opposite a fence of tall bamboo-type reeds. Turning back to look at Rose with a mischievous gleam in his eye, he pushed the stalks aside. Welcome to paradise. Beyond the bamboo wall, Rose could see a stretch of pink sand next to a tranquil ocean. On the beach beneath the marquee sat some of the resort guests, a mixture of aliens, mostly humanoid bipeds, eating at tables heaving with food. The doctor began to squeeze his way through the gap. Perfect, just in time for lunch. Rose grabbed his lapel. Hang about, I thought you said this place was only for the mega rich. It's all in the swagger, Rose. Watch and learn. Once onto the beach, the doctor strolled confidently towards the marquee, raising a hand in greeting. Ahoy there! Sorry we're late, room for a couple of small ones. <laughs> Stifling a smile, Rose followed him, mustering her best swagger. Yes, we were, uh, just taking the air. A short, velvety-skinned alien, as wide as he was tall and dressed in a brown chef's uniform, stepped away from his barbecue to meet them. Good morning, sir. Chef Orentino of the Jorderis. What can I get for you today? Jorderis? You're a long way from home. What are we, a killer parsec from your planet? 
Every chef on the Rissia transmats the MXQ1 to complete their work experience. Yeah, must look good on the old CV. Close up, Rose could see that the Jordaris's wide girth was partly due to his blubber-like flesh. His feet and legs were splayed, and yet he moved with an unlikely grace. Rose could also see that the majority of the chefs manning each barbecue were of the same species. Good to meet you. I'm the doctor and this is Rose. So, what's on the menu today? We have a selection of scorched dishes fresh from the grill, sir. Perhaps you'd like to start with the hot spiced donut skewered with mantusa grass. Sounds intriguing. As Chef Orentino began to load a plate with food, the doctor glanced at Rose, who was looking dubious. Make that too, please. Rose objected. Actually, I'm not all that... Hungry? Don't worry, you will be. The doctor peered at a dish with foaming sauce and quivering tentacles at the edges. What's this one? That's Janan compote with crunchy squid croquetas. Ah, what the heck, bung em on. I'll try anything once me. He winked at Rose, who pointedly stated, Not for me, thanks. A cloud of barbecue smoke wafted towards them. Rose sniffed deeply. Oh, oh wow! What is that smell? Orentino sighed and suddenly looked world-weary. That's a locally grown cloud-eye fungus, roasted on a bed of spiced lava leaves. Can I have some of that then? Glancing around, Orentino leaned in closely and muttered, To be honest, I don't really recommend it. It smells amazing. I've got to have some. Of course you have. Wow! Mmm! The doctor watched Rose's unusual enthusiasm for her food with faint amusement. Good, is it? Mmm! This is just... God, you have no idea! You might want to pace yourself! Rose ignored him and shoveled more food into her mouth. Frowning, the doctor looked around and noticed the other guests eating with a similar gusto. Then his gaze settled on the chef, Orentino, whose small warthog eyes were set grimly upon the guests. There was a faint air of disgust on his face. The doctor moved to his side. Chef, Orentino, could you by any chance tell me what's going on? We're a universe-class restaurant, sir. So I'm led to believe, does the food affect everyone like this? Orentino nodded and surveyed the doctor curiously. Even the smell is irresistible to most species. But not you. At first. But my kind can resist after a while, as can you, by the look of things. Ah, well, I'm not your typical guest. Then you're lucky. The way these people behave. You disapprove? Uh, it's my job to serve, but don't you find it repulsive, this appetite? And that's not all that goes on here. Right, we should definitely have a chat about that. The doctor jerked his chin towards Rose. But should I stop her first? You can try. The doctor put a hand on Rose's shoulder. Rose, slow down. Rose, you need to stop. Rose shrugged the doctor's hand away and continued cramming food into her mouth with her fingers. Right, that's it. Clamping a hand onto Rose's plate, he pulled it from her and jumped back a pace. Rose glared furiously at him, fists clenched. The doctor swayed the plate just out of reach. If you want it, you'll have to come and get it. Turning to Orentino, he added, Orentino, would you be kind enough to show us around the resort? I'm not supposed to leave my station. Not even to have that chat. Orentino glanced back at the other guests, hunched over their plates, oblivious to anything but the food. If you'd like to follow me, sir, I'll tell you all I know about MXQ1. Further down the shore, Orentino led them to a row of beach huts. The doctor drew Rose inside with the last morsel on the plate. We should be safe in here. Who from? asked the doctor sharply. Honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know who to trust in this place. And there are guards patrolling everywhere. Rose had her fingers to her temples. Can somebody explain what just happened? Ah, oh, just a bit of a feeding frenzy, nothing to worry about. But back there, I was... Hungry like the wolf. Troughing like a pig. Snaffling like a truffle hunter. Yeah, alright, I get the picture. That's what happens to all the guests on MXQ1. Something in the food? I'd say so, wouldn't you? But there's more going on than just the food. Look, can I trust you? What does your gut instinct tell you? Orentino gave a slight smile for the first time, his plump mahogany brown cheek dimpling as he did so. Then his smile faded. I'm here because I'm looking for my brother, Quess. What's happened to him? Asked Rose. He came to MXQ1 last year to complete his Derisian chef's qualification, but he disappeared three weeks ago. Could he have left the planet? Without completing his qualification, without telling his family, no. Something's happened. 
In his last transmission home, he told us he was scared. The doctor frowned. Of what? He asked. That's what I'm trying to find out. When my parents questioned the Blue Stones... Uh, the Blue Stones? The owners of this planet. Delta and Dench Blue Stone. They're Jordavis, like me. Brothers. And what did they have to say? They said the training on MXQ-1 means that chefs leave without notice all the time because they get headhunted. They say many of them break their contracts when they get a better offer. But Quez wouldn't... He wouldn't just vanish without letting us know. He wouldn't make our mother suffer like this. Rose put a comforting hand on the Jordaris' fleshy shoulder. But actually, it's true that several of the top chefs have left without a trace. All of them Jordaris. Quez is the tenth to go missing. Right then, heads or tails? Excuse me? Sorry, I was asking Rose. Which is it then? Rose crossed her arms and slouched onto one hip. If I guess right, you get to be a guest. And if I'm wrong, then you're back on the staff. Rose shook her head. No way, not again. It's always me- Suddenly, the doctor flicked a coin into the air and caught it on the back of his hand. Heads. Well, this time you'll be joining the elite. Ha! Which means you get to be a waiter for once. Oh, no, 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 no. Not a waiter, a chef. Rose snorted. <laughs> yeah, because you're such a whiz in the kitchen. Maybe I am. I'm certainly a dab hand with a food machine. That's not cooking. Sorry to interrupt, but what's going on? We're going to find out what's happened to your brother. That's very nice of you, but why? Rose and the doctor exchanged an amused, conspiratorial glance. Force of habit. Come on, then. Show us the ropes. The hotel restaurant was packed with guests of numerous species, gobbling their meals like cruise ship passengers at an all-you-can-eat buffet. In the midst of the voracious eating, the Bluestone brothers arrived, their massive bodies clad in jaunty pinstripe suits and Panama hats. They waved to their guests as they passed. Delta Bluestone seemed the more jovial of the two. Good day, good day, how marvellous to see you tucking in. There, my dear, have another cream on pickle. No, no, it's on the house, enjoy, enjoy. He grabbed a waiter passing with a loaded tray. Where's the tiger milk tempura that goes with this dish? Our guests must have their tempura. The waiter, a young whippling with black crested ears, stammered. Sorry, Mr. Delta, I'll ask in the kitchen. And scuttled back to the swing doors. Dench Bluestone, the elder sibling, walked with a heavier gait and avoided any contact with the guests. Under his breath, he hissed to his brother. Don't lay it on too thick, they're already stuffing their faces. Delta raised an eyebrow as he muttered back, Play along, dear Dench, not long now till it all pays off again and the next shipment begins. Ooh, what are you shipping? New ingredients? The doctor had popped up behind them, dressed in one of the standard chef's uniforms. It was far too big for him and billowed around him like a nightgown. Dench Bluestone frowned at this unusual vision. Who are you? New chef, keen as mustard, doing my last Dorissian module here. Delta looked him up and down, skeptically. Not our usual type of chef. How's that then? As a general rule, we prefer to employ our own kind, Jordaris. Not always, eh? I know you've had some gosh to chefs and a lot of us arranged from Zek to 489. Everyone wants to complete their training here, don't they? Usually with our express approval. Yeah, head chef says he'll be running that by you any day now. Dench sneered. You're very thin. You don't look like a lover of food. Ah, well, appearances can be deceptive, can't they? Indeed. Carry on then. Our guests will soon be ready for their evening meal. But they're still having their lunch. On MXQ1, dinner begins 30 minutes after lunch. You should know this. Uh, of course. I just thought the guests might want to take time to sample the other delights of the resort. Delta gestured at the room. This is the resort. The doctor surveyed the scene thoughtfully. I get it. They come here to eat. At the sight of a stranger in the kitchen, the Jordaris head chef froze, hatchet poised over the carcass of a wild boar-type creature. Who's this? No guests in the kitchen area. Orantino raised his vast palms. A new staff member, chef. The doctor interjected. Recruited for my special skills, my brulee technique is second to none. Thought I'd start him off with a tour of the kitchen? The head chef slammed his hatchet down. <laughs> He's not to touch anything till he's got his hygiene certificate, you hear me? We've got a 10 star rating and like to keep it that way. Yes, chef. Orantino led the doctor to the far end of the kitchen, near the pantry door. So, apparently this is the last place my brother was seen. The doctor began to pat gently at the walls. After a moment, he reached into his pocket and took out his sonic screwdriver. 
Orentino blinked with surprise. Is that what you use for your brulee? The doctor did a small double take and replied, Yeah, probably. So what do you think, hidden doors? None that I can find. Me neither. Transportation device? Nope. No sign of anything. What was he doing at the time he disappeared? Just prepping for the next meal. As always. The doctor reached for the handle of the pantry door. Let's have a look in here. Orentino looked suddenly doubtful. The doctor stopped. Problem? Strictly out of bounds for us lowly types. The Bluestones and Head Chef are the only ones with the code. Interesting. They're really secretive about the raw ingredients. Anybody looking? He flicked on the sonic once again. Orentino glanced around and shook his head. The doctor nodded to the now open pantry door. After you. They stepped into a clinical white room, lined with shelves stacked with plastic-wrapped ingredients. The doctor picked up a packet. Hydrogen carbonate? Tincture of citrinium? Fungal spores, yummy. Orentino seemed unfazed. Nothing sinister. We use these in loads of the dishes. Citrinium adds a piquant flavour and fungal spores help to unchain the proteins in meat. Then why all the secrecy about this place? The doctor narrowed his eyes and scanned the room. After a moment, he strode to an innocuous fridge in the corner and opened the door. Orentino's jaw dropped at the sight of a stone staircase leading down from the fridge door. The ultimate cool box, the doctor mused. Let's see what they're storing down here. You've been listening to a big finished production. Hmm, not bad. Hmm, hmm. Sound like a dog complaining to go out. <laughs> Sit! <laughs> <laughs>